Well, we did kick off this study last week in 1 Peter. It's a letter to uh, believers. Believers, right? And, and, and these are believers that have been scattered. Scattered all over the place. Like scattered up north to Asia Minor. They've been pulled, yanked out of their homes. They're displaced. Not just went west because the hurricane was coming, but because the, the emperor Nero, the cruel, mean emperor Nero, who is killing Christians, wanted to just disperse the Christians. And so he, he displaces them up north. All in, in different, in different uh, parts of the country. And so they're scattered, they're, they're persecuted, and they're really in need. Uh, they got a lot going on, and it's not much fun. Uh, so today, Peter, Peter is uh, going to remind them, in, in the section of Scripture that we're going to look at, he's going to remind them that what they have in Jesus is greater than where they find themselves in this world. Now that's huge for them and it should be huge for us. Because life sometimes doesn't go the way we want it to go, does it Brenda? <laughs> sometimes we, our body falls apart and we have to do things to ourselves that we don't want to do and it's no fun. And uh, sometimes we find ourselves uh, maybe displaced or going through trials or going through troubles or dealing with death or all kinds of sickness and disease, and sometimes life is not fun, but it is this word from Peter today to these people that is also relevant to us, that, that what we have in Jesus how, out, overcomes and, and outweighs anything that might happen to you in this world. And that, that is a good thing to remember. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to read the rest of, the, uh, the rest of that section, okay? Here we go. It'll be on your screen, but if you have your Bibles, underline, highlight, circle, put notes. Pray that God's Spirit will speak to all of us today. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the, the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of these things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Wow, that's a great, great 
passage, isn't it? I mean, that's a great passage. And here's the, here's the, the truth of it all. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying today, I'm trying to make this as plain as possible for you. As plain as possible. What they have is greater than where they are. What they have in Jesus is greater than where they find themselves in this world. And, and that's what Peter is going to, in this section, try to like, just build this huge case of, of that truth that when they consider who they are in Christ and what they have in Christ and what Christ has done for them and where they're headed in Christ, their present circumstance is really not as bad as it may seem. That's what Peter's going to say. So where exactly are they? Well, as I mentioned, they have been carried off to a foreign place, right? They're up north, they're in Asia Minor. Uh, they're under persecution under the Emperor Nero, who is killing them, crucifying them, burning them at the stake. Any way he can, he's torturing Christians because he just doesn't like them. He's blaming them for anything that might happen in the area. It's uncomfortable for them. They're misplaced. They, uh, it's like they, they, they've been scattered to foreign soil, right? And we talked about that last week in the passage, in those first few verses. And, and the idea of being like displaced is like scattering seed. Like when a farmer goes out and scatters seed and it, it falls on the ground and it produces a crop. Well, in God's eyes, these believers have been scattered in Asia Minor, which means the truth in the seed of God now has been scattered in a new place. So when you look at it like that, when you look at it like that, it's, it's the work of God. And they are right where God wants them. You can go to the next slide. You can go, it's, it's, it's right where God wants them to be. They are in the will of God. What they have is greater than where they are. And, and it's because God is going to use them among a whole new people. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's, that's an outlook. We don't, look, we, don't, we don't see that when things happen to us, right? right? That's not our first, our, our first inclination isn't like, oh, this is awesome, I'm being persecuted, I'm being tortured, this is so fun, you know, God's going to use me in a great... We don't think like that, we just get mad and we get depressed and we, we start thinking about all the negative and it's like we look at the, the, the bad. And God, who is much more bigger than, the, than any of the bad, is like saying, no, I have you here for a reason. I want to use you in a, in a mighty kingdom way if you'll trust me, like if you'll just trust me, that what, no matter where you find yourself in, in this world, that what you have in Jesus is greater than that. Always. It always is, will trump that. Always. Like when Abraham, you know, remember God called him to leave his land and he walked away from his whole family, everyone, to go to a new place that he knew nothing about. God was taking that seed and planting it in a new place, which resulted in the promised land and many, many descendants. But Abraham at front probably thought, this is not fun, this is not good. But God said, it's going to turn out awesome. Just trust me, right? Just trust me. So that's not fun. It's not fun to be displaced. It's not fun to be like carried off to another land. Most of us will never really understand that. We will never go through what they're going through. We won't be, like, carried off. At least I hope we won't be in this country. I hope we won't understand what that's like. We won't experience anything like what they're going through. And uh, so I, I think it would be natural, very natural for them, as we can imagine, for them to feel down. 
for them to be discouraged, for them to, to be looking at their present circumstance and saying, why us? God, where are you? Why are you letting this happen to me? You know, why me? Now, things never go my way. I'm never getting a break. You know, all the things that we say, uh, that's what they're thinking. And for this reason, Peter has a word of encouragement for them. He has a word of encouragement. He's got a word like of comfort. He's got a word of truth that is, that is hopefully going to like pull them out of that, that negative view and put them, you know, above that so they see things clearly. It's a word of encouragement, and the word is this, that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, remember the firmness, the firmness, the solidness of your salvation hope. So Peter's going to point them to is this salvation hope that they have in God. And it's great. And it begins with these words, praise be to the God and the Father of your, our Lord Jesus Christ. See that verse 3. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? I mean, Peter is writing to a group of people, and he knows they're not probably happy campers. They're carried off. They're, they've been, you know, beat down. And Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you might hear somebody say that to you in the midst of your problems and say, I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear that. That's, that's not helping me right now. But that's exactly what Peter says. It's, it's kind of like Peter saying, look, just praise the Lord. Yeah, you may not like what you see. You may not like where you are. You not might like what's going on to you right now in your, in your little world right now. But just praise the Lord. No matter what, just praise the Lord because he's got this. He has got you. He's got your back, and it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good for his glory in the end. And he says, now let me explain why you should praise the Lord. So verses 3 to 7, if you're looking at those verses, Peter's going to point out three key aspects of this salvation hope that we have. And he's striving, what Peter's trying to do for these people, because they are down and out, is he's trying to instill in them confidence and assurance and direction that they they're if they're feeling down it's because they've taken their eyes off of what god could do and they put their eyes on where they're at and peter's trying to like get them to lift their eyes out of the muck and get it back on the lord and that's what he's going to do here he's he's striving to build and confidence and assurance in them and the first thing we see in those verses if you look at those verses is number one is this the amazing qualities and the blessings of god just think about what god has done for you okay yeah you're not in a good place but just get your mind back on what god has done for you and here's some of the things peter says in those verses that god has done for you in his great mercy in other words god has a great mercy on you you know, he has mercy for us. He loves us. He hasn't, like, stayed distant. He has come into our world, and he has mercy for us. Even though we don't deserve his mercy, he has great mercy. He has given to us, Peter says, a new birth. Like, you can have new life in God and overcome the world, and then anything going on right now in the world won't mean much to you at all. It won't be that big a deal. If you get your mind on this, get your mind on the big picture, right? He says the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Like, just get your mind on that. Look at God's blessings. Look at God's qualities. Look what God has done for you. He sent his son Jesus. He died on a cross so that your sins can be forgiven and you can have eternal hope. 
Like, get your mind on that. Get it off of the hurricane. Get it off of the storm. Get it off of the negative and get it back where it belongs on things above. And he says, he also says in these amazing qualities and blessings of God is that salvation is coming. Salvation, Jesus is coming. He came once, died for your sins, provided forgiveness for all and any, and he's coming again to take his children, his sons and his daughters, with him back to heaven in the last time. And so Peter's like, he's like pulling out huge pieces of truth and saying, look, these are things that you can bank on, you can hold on to, you can trust, and they are sure. Peter's saying, put your eyes on the Lord not on your circumstances. And maybe, you know, for Peter, he's remembering, you know, that day, that day when he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink, you know. Maybe Peter's thinking, you know, I blew it too. I did exactly, you know, and, and, and most of us are in this position. We're trying to help somebody with good advice. And at the very same time we're giving the advice, we're remembering that we didn't even do that, right? If we're honest, we didn't even follow that advice some, at some point in our past. And that's what I think Peter, he's saying, like, this is the truth of God. You hold on to that. I have not done it well, but I'm telling you this will work if you'll, if you'll get your eyes here. You know, and Peter's remembering that day when he sank. The second thing in these verses is, is this, is the, uh, in verses 3 to 7, is the amazing place that we find ourselves, okay? Not only what God has done and who God is, and get your mind on that, but now also remind, remind, be reminded that what you have in Jesus, that, that where you are in him, that when you gave your life to him, you, you were transported to a new place. And here, here's some of the things Peter says in this, cha- in this section. He says, you have a new birth with a living hope. Like, you're not like hopeless and separated and in your sin anymore. You have a new birth. You have a living hope. Everything is better. Everything is different. Everything has changed. Even though you're in a place that you don't like to be. You have an inheritance. He says, into an inheritance that will never perish, never spoil, never fade, ever. Like, yeah, maybe you lived in a town and you thought you were going to live there all your life because your ancestors did and you thought this was going to be the way you were going to live out the rest of your life and it didn't happen the way you thought. doesn't matter because now you have a new hope and an inheritance that nobody can touch ever. Nothing. Nothing can touch it. Like, get your mind on that. Like, when you think of that, nothing else matters. It just doesn't matter. It's, and, and not only that, but it's like kept in heaven for you. It's not kept at your bank that could burn down or fall apart or go bankrupt. It's not kept at some safe or some you know, jar out in the backyard or under your mattress. This, this inheritance is in heaven. Who can touch it? Nobody. In faith, he says, in faith, because of our faith in Jesus, he says in these verses, if you're looking at them, we are shielded We are like shielded by God's power. Like God has done so much to kind of like protect us. And yes, things get uncomfortable. But what you have is so much greater than where you are. God's power is protecting you. Trust that. Put yourself in his hands. Let him him do his thing. And then he says, in this coming salvation, here's here's where we should find ourselves. You greatly rejoice. Even when it doesn't feel like you should, even when you don't think you should, even when it seems like, how can I? You do. You praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus because what you have in him, you remember, is greater than no matter what happens to you in this world. Not even death 
will separate you from him. So do you see what Peter's doing? This is not like, this is not like a cheap attempt to cheer them up like we do, like people do. You know, oh, it'll be okay. Oh, just trust God. You know, we say these little cute little lines, you know, to people in their troubled times. And, and, and sometimes we just should not say them. You know what I mean? Like we just say a, something we've heard or maybe was said to us. And, and it's a kind of like an attempt to help people feel better, but it's not very good. You know, you know what I mean, right? You with me? This is not that. This is not Peter just saying, oh, guys, it's going to be okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, you just, just get your head up, put your chin up, put a smile on your face. That's, this is not what Peter's doing. He is giving them chunks of truth that they can bank on. Amen. Like he, truth, like he's speaking truth to them. And although their present situation really does stink, what they have is sure, secure, and it far outweighs the temporary sufferings. Like that, this is something that we should take note of in our troubles. Whenever trouble comes your way, and, and there's things that happen to people on this earth that are no fun, that happen to you, that happen to me, that happen to our family, that happen to people we love, that aren't good. It's not good. And we don't know why. We don't have the answers. We can't explain why. And, and sometimes there's no words that we can find to make it better. But the word of truth lifts us out of that. Like it pulls us to a totally different dimension. And so the third thing is this that we see in these verses is the privilege of the pressure. The privilege of the pressure. <laughs> we, we don't consider pr pressure a privilege, but we need to begin, okay? Because in verse 6, he says, in all of this, like in all of this, in the blessings of God, in the place of grace that you find yourself, you greatly rejoice. Why? Because it is a privilege and an honor to suffer for the king. Right? It's a privilege to know that God is working in me and moving around me and that wherever I find myself, whatever may happen to me, God is right here with me and he's going to squeeze the best and the most out of whatever it is that's coming my way. Whatever's coming at me, God is going to squeeze every goodness out of it and apply it to my life. But trust him. He says this, in this you greatly rejoice, though now you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trial. We're not going to deny that. We're not going to deny that in our lives we argue, we fight, we bicker, we go through all kinds of stuff. We let our flesh, we let the humanness in us get the best of us, and sometimes we get stuck there. And for, for a little while we suffer and we do things that are, that are human and, and the, the devil has his way on us at times. But, but Peter says for these guys, like these have come, these, these troubles have come, these trials have come so that your faith, the proven genuine, genuineness of your faith, which by the way, he says, is far greater than gold. Even though gold's refined and it's really pure and it's really expensive and it's really cool to have when you're living on the earth, your faith is of greater worth than it. He says may, that your faith may result may result in the end of the suffering at the end of the road in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. God is doing something in the midst of your suffering that is growing your faith and building in you something that will, will bring glory and honor to God. Like We just got to hold on and trust that. Your suffering as a son and a daughter is an honor. And we look at it as an honor because we're in his hands. Verse 8, he says, though you have not seen him, and you don't see him now, in those verses right there, see that? 
even though you do not see him, you don't see him now, Peter says, you're doing three things, good job. Here's what he says, you love him, you love the Lord, you love the Lord. That's one thing you're doing that is bringing honor and praise and glory to God. You love him. He's become the priority of your life in the midst of darkness. You love the Lord. That's good. Keep doing that. He says, number two, you believe in him, which means you are trusting him. You're living your life by faith, even though everything in your physical body says, this is no fun. This is not good. I don't like what's happening to me now. He says, you're still believing in him. And for that, keep doing that. And he says, number three, you are filled with inexpressible joy. Like you're rising above the dark cloud that is upon you at this time. And you are rising above it and you are filled with an inexpressible joy because in the midst of the attack, you can smile and you can laugh. Not because you don't understand the trial, but because you understand you have victory over it. And Jesus is going to conquer it in just a matter of time. And so you're already, you're already celebrating the victory before it even happens. That's inexpressible joy. You're rising above. Verse 9, he says, look at it, for you are receiving, even in the midst of this thing, you are receiving the end result of your faith like as we speak right now, you are in the midst of your trouble, you're receiving the end result. And what's the end result? The salvation of your soul. Like eternity, if you've given your life to Christ and you're, on, you're honestly living for him and you understand that no matter what happens, I have what, what I have in him is greater than where I am in this world. If you understand that, then you are already receiving the salvation of your soul. Eternity has already begun for you. Like eternal life has already begun for you. You're not on a path to death. You're on a path to life. The world, the world is already in the rear view mirror. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because where you're headed is so much bigger and greater. Verse 10 to 12, he says, concerning this salvation, hope, Peter's going to, Peter's going to add some really good depth to his, his argument and to his plea for them to get their mind on things above to this great hope he's going to like add some brush strokes of details like a painter might do to a to a great work of art some detail strokes he's going to show just how deep the father's love is for them and just how far back this salvation goes this is not like something god has created today or he's making up as we go along this is something god has planned all from the beginning of time and it's for you. Like God, God knows where you are. He knew where you would be. And he's been planning it for a long time. He's been planning to give you hope in the midst of this dark world that we find ourselves living on. And Peter's going to share that right now. And he's going to, he's going to share with them just how far back this thing goes. Verse 10, concerning this salvation. Look at those words. You've got you to gotta dig into this with me. Concerning this salvation, the prophets, remember those guys lived a long time ago, who spoke of the grace to come, they spoke about Jesus, that he would come and what he would be like and who he would be and what he would do and what his mission would, would accomplish. That, those prophets, thousands of years ago, when they spoke, they, those prophets, they searched intently. 
They dug deep. They were like moved by the Spirit to write the Word of God, and then they looked at what they wrote, and they were like, what does this mean? How does this apply to us? What does this mean for us? And they studied this intently and with the greatest care, Peter says. They were trying, look what they were doing, they were trying to find out the time and the circumstance that the Spirit of Christ in them, this is so crazy, was speaking or was pointing when the Spirit in them predicted the Messiah, his sufferings and his glories. Like that is just like out of body. Like the prophets of old, they they were carried along by the Spirit and they wrote what God said and then they looked at it like, I didn't do that. God did that. What does it mean? Like, how does this apply to me? And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and there's a depth, and there's a, a truth that goes so far back. What did they discover? Here's what they discovered, if you're looking at the passage, that they were not serving themselves. That God was using them to do something later on. They weren't serving themselves, but they were serving, and Peter says, you you people who are reading this letter, the prophets of old, hundreds, thousands of years ago, when they wrote, God, they didn't know what they were writing, God had you people stuck up in Asia Minor, dispersed and scattered all over. God had you in mind when they wrote. That's, that's pretty cool, you know? When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you, by that Holy Spirit, the same one that spoke through the prophets, that same Spirit that ties it all together, who was sent from heaven. See, God was working in them to do something great for you and for me. Wow. Just like now, you, you, see, you see it as trouble sometimes in life, but God is doing something amazing in them now that will result in eternal glory later. And then Peter says at the end of this, even the angels like long to look into these things. Even the angels wish they could like, like put an ear in and go, I wonder what God's doing now. I wish we could understand what he's doing for those people, for you and for me, for us human beings. The angels wish they could know what God was up to for you and me today. Like, that's powerful. That's so big. It's huge. Peter has built this great big like word of encouragement and it's built on all that God has been doing prior to the Messiah coming, Jesus, and in the midst of Jesus' life and death and his resurrection. And although they find themselves like in uncomfortable circumstances and life could seem unfair through the eyes of the flesh, the proof, the proof is evident. The truth is clear. And our salvation hope is sure and secure in God himself, not in anything else. And Peter's trying to say, look, don't, don't, don't you people, don't you up there in Asia Minor, don't you focus on the temporal. Don't you get your eyes stuck on the physical. Don't you get consumed by the present because what we have is far greater than where we are. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And you're so good to us. We, we stand in awe 
of all that you have done, Lord, to, to give us the truth of who you are and your Son and the Word of God and the Spirit that empowers our life living and active in us. God, we have more than enough. We are greater in you by a billion than anything that might happen to us in this world, by far. So when we get our eyes stuck on the little things that happen to us, no matter how bad they seem, Father, forgive us. And help us to, to again get our mind on things above, that we would trust you, that we would live by faith, and that our troubles would prove that our faith is in you. And that we know that you're doing something amazing in the midst of those troubles. You're awesome, God, and we love you. We need you. Help us to encourage one another with these things. We pray all this in Jesus' name.